You know when you search for something on Netflix, what you get is only a fraction of what they really have? The streaming service actually has more than 18,000 titles globally, but only about 6,000 of those are available in the good old US of A. That means you're missing out on literally thousands of great shows. Unless, of course, you use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that lets you change your online location, protecting your devices from unwanted snooping and allowing you to control where streaming services and other websites think you're located. There are over 100 different locations to choose from, which means you have access to thousands of new shows and movies no matter where you live. This doesn't just work with Netflix, it works with Disney+, Hulu, Max, a UK streamer called BBC iPlayer, and more. I was on a work trip in the UK during the final season of Game of Thrones, and I tried logging into my HBO account to watch a new episode, but the technology wouldn't let me because of geoblocking. And I wish I had this app at that moment, because I now realize how incredibly easy it is to work around that problem. Here's a more recent example. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is not streaming on Netflix in the US, but I just fired up the episode where Dennis tries to have a peaceful mental health day, and technology keeps interrupting his plans. All I had to do was open ExpressVPN, connect to a UK server, refresh Netflix, and the show just popped up. It's super easy. I've also heard good things about that show called Billions, but I've never been a Showtime subscriber, so I've never seen it. But it's actually available right now on Netflix in South Korea, and with ExpressVPN, it took five seconds to switch over and start checking it out. With ExpressVPN, you get high-quality streaming from devices like your phone, laptop, tablet, and TV, and crucially, it protects your privacy and security to keep your information safe from hackers. Stop missing out on great TV and get thousands of new shows with ExpressVPN. We got them to give you all three extra months free when you use our special link, expressvpn.com slash slash film. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slash film to get three extra months completely free. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Home Daily for April 15th, 2022. On today's episode, I'm going to prepare for this year's summer movie wager. This is Slash Home Editorial Director Peter Soretta. And joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film news writer and box office expert, Ryan Scott. Happy Friday, everyone. I feel like that's not your, your official title. Like, they should add that to your official title as box office expert. Look, if that if that gets added to my official title, I'm never leaving. Um, <laughs> that, that, would, that would delight me to no end. Yeah. Uh, okay, so some people are probably wondering what is the summer movie wager. This is a thing I've participated in. I want to say for almost a decade now, um, I've done it over at the slash film cast, which is now the film cast. And I'm going to be participating next week in this over there on that podcast. But I thought since, since Ryan, you know, we love talking box office, you are a box office expert, you know, it's, it's, it would seem like a stupid idea on my part to not, try to take advantage of your knowledge and prepare for this. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to try to talk with Ryan while you guys listen, and we're going to go through the summer's movie box uh, or movie release dates. And we're going to, uh, you know, do some box office uh, predictions. Uh, 
you don't really need to know this, but the Summer Movie Wager is this game that runs every year. I think you can actually participate on thesummermoviewager.com. I don't think it's set up as of the time you're listening to this, but probably in a week or two it will. You can like put your own list and participate in it. And what it is is uh, I go against the slash film or the, the film cast gang, and we each come to it with a list of 13 movies. That's a, a movie list uh, uh, from one to 10 and then three dark horses. And this is for the summer movie period only. So that means it starts on May 6th, which uh, is the beginning of the summer movie season this year, according to us, and goes until Labor Day and only counts the box office in the U.S. during that period. So that means if something was released in late August, it has a less of a chance of p- appearing on this list. doesn't mean it won't, but has less. It, it, the, the whole the way you earn points and stuff, it's all very convoluted. You could go to the summermoviewager.com to to find out the full rules if you want to play along or play with your friends. Uh, that's all not important here. What's important here is I'm going to go through the summer movie releases with Ryan. It's going to be kind of like a preview, but also you know us discussing the boss, box office prospects of all these movies. And hopefully Ryan can help me Help me decide what what I'm going to put some, on my list. Some prognostication, yeah. So yeah. I, although the one thing I will say is, you had mentioned to me before, this is domestic box office specifically. Yeah. And and what's interesting about me, and I think what runs counter to me in terms of a lot of people that do this box office stuff, is I'm pretty like globally focused. Is I tend to be pretty like because I think that global number is important, and and so I so you know. <laughs> I, I'm going to do my best here. I'm going to do my best here to sort of hone in on domestic to help you as much as I can. But I do tend to focus worldwide. So. It, it is interesting that most box office writers concentrate on domestic. I know, you know, they're writing for American audiences usually. And, you know, Americans care about us. <laughs> but it, it does seem like if you're writing about the business of things, writing about the worldwide, especially now, when the worldwide box office, like the international box office, uh, sometimes is way more than the domestic, uh, makes more sense. So yeah. yeah. Okay, let's get into this. Uh, we're we're going to start off the summer with honestly, I, I you know I haven't made my list yet, Ryan, but I think if I made my list in my head before getting into this, this would be number one on my list. I don't see another one. Another movie coming out this summer that's going to beat this movie at the box office. Uh, and we could talk about that. Uh, this is on May 6th. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is released. W- what do you think about this in terms of the box office prospects? Yeah, so obviously the prospects of this are great. Uh, not only is it a Marvel Cinematic Universe film, but you are dealing with a long-awaited sequel to Doctor Strange who has now appeared in some of the highest grossing movies of all time. Most importantly, Spider-Man No Way Home, which was which is very fresh in people's minds. Um, the only the only caveat I have here is that, you know, the MCU is very much a global franchise at this point. Uh, and, and, you know, so, you know, just to give you an example, if we're going to look at, you know, splits here, Spider-Man No Way Home made eight hundred million of its one point eight nine billion domestically. So, yeah. you know, it's domestic international split is pretty and same thing like Eternals, 164 million domestic, 400 worldwide. You know, so some so that domestic international split is pretty 
is pretty intense. But Shang-Chi was heavily weighted um, domestic. So, no, I think Doctor Strange is, when you're looking at the highest grossing movie of the year at the end of the year, globally and domestically, this is one of your top three movies. Although I do think there's one we're going to talk about in a minute that I believe will be the top global grocer that is not Doctor Strange. So, You know, when talking about the, what you know, could this, be number one on this list, it's interesting we should talk about, you know, what has been number one in previous years. So in 2019, it was Avengers Endgame, which I'm sure... Right, which of, cor- which of course. In 2018, it was Infinity War. In 2017, it was Wonder Woman. In 2016, it was Finding Dory in 2015 Jurassic World in each of those movies has made I mean Doctor Strange 1 only made 232 million dollars domestically so yeah, am I Doctor stupid Strange by having also... am I stupid by having this on the top of the list no not at all this is I think one of the interesting things that's going to happen here is this is going to be one of the biggest jumps ever from a first entry to a sequel in terms of box office grosses because uh, that first Doctor Strange was introducing the character to the masses, and it yeah. did really well considering that it made. I'm not. I don't have the number pulled up, but I know it made between six and seven hundred. It did well. Um, six seventy six. Six seventy six. Yeah, that's really great for for Doctor Strange. But now, given all of the weight, it's going to do so much better. But again, I do think you got to look global scale at that movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously the domestic number is going to be big. This is a damn good number one draft pick. You know, but like, but, but what do you think? Th- again, there is something we're going to put you to the call right now. What do you think it would make domestically this summer? Uh, give me one second to pull up a number and I will give you, I will give you a guess. <laughs> I've got some charts open in front of me and I'm sort of pulling, pulling some stuff on the fly. But, but I can tell you, I can tell you that, that I, I would, and again, this is a rough guess, but so let's look at the Dr. Strange split for the original um yeah it's so two, dr strange 232 did, for did the original. 232 domestic so yeah. my sort of guess here is that dr strange in the multiverse of madness is going to about double that original number so so i'm looking at somewhere between 400 and 450 million domestic maybe in the now now much of this depends on reviews too so yeah. like if we're ho- if we're hopeful that dr strange pulls let's even say it's got like a 75 80 percent on rotten tomatoes is pretty good um i think we're safe if it if it if it for some reason ends up like eternals and it's a bit more mixed you know we're we're you know then 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 the number gets dicey but if we're to assume marvel does its thing and makes a satisfying movie i'm gonna look at between four and 450 yeah and i I know this doesn't count for you but for in the purposes of this game being the release early in the summer Gives it the whole summer because we cut things off uh, on Labor Day, so it also gives it an advantage yeah. in, in that. So yeah, this one's going to get cut off at the knees a little faster than I think people realize, though. Well, let, let's see how many weeks will it have. May thirteenth, Family Camp comes out. I don't even know what that is. Uh, Firestarter. It really gets one week. Firestarter is the Stephen King flick, so and that's oh, also yeah. going to Peacock Day and date. But so that's not even going to be an exclusive theatrical release. I think that'll do fine. That could maybe be a dark horse pick for you. But the Peacock release could kill that. But really, once you get to May 20th, you're you're in less guaranteed, like firm holding. And and May 27th, you're 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 definitely to a new number one. So, 
you you might have you get two good weeks and maybe three full. Well, the next week after that is May twentieth, and that's when you have the release of Downton Abbey: A New Era. Which I, honestly, when I was yeah, surprised when they announced this thing, I was surprised that they were that they were making another Downton Abbey movie. But then I looked, and worldwide, that made first a sh- movie shit ton of money. Yeah, one ninety four worldwide, uh, ninety six or almost ninety seven of it was domestic. But it was close to a fifty fifty split. Yeah. But this isn't like uh, all the characters coming back and stuff. So, what do you think's going to happen here? Uh, I, I think this is your best bet for a dark horse pick. Um, this is your number one dark horse pick. Uh, again, original shit ton of money. Um, I do think this is one of those interesting gambles that like, I don't know what the, the pandemic of it all has, has done for a movie like this at the box office. Is this a movie that people are still going to go out and see the same way? Or is this a movie that now feels like something that should be on streaming? Um, this feels like it would have been an awesome like streaming like to get people to to you know subscribe to something. Yeah, but when you look at that 193 million dollar box office number for Focus Features, a company that has I I've actually considered pitching something about this. I think Focus Features is in trouble. Um like looking over their recent history, uh and I and I don't think the Northman's going to help them any. Um and uh and and so I think they looked at like what this last one did. You have to go back to theaters. You can't make a $193 million hit and then say, we're going to streaming with the next one. You just can't do it. So I would guess this one definitely gets kneecapped a little bit. It doesn't hit that 193 number again, but you know, if the reviews are good, I think you could be looking at a 60 to $70 million domestic movie here. Like, you know, potentially. But but again, it it really depends. This is a little bit of an unknown, but that's why I'd say like a dark horse for you. This is a good dark horse pick for real. Yeah, I'm not sure about this. I'm really not sure. Uh, again, again, it really like that's why I wouldn't put my chips on it for like a a, a gigantic grocer, but like to get you some of that, so, like to get you a little bit of dark horse wager in there. I I think this one it, this could surprise in one way or the other. Okay, so in late May, we, we, we're we starting to have some big dogs here. Um, we'll talk about one of the big dogs in yeah. just a second. But before we talk about that, I, I here's another question mark. Bob's Burgers movie this is coming from uh, 20th Century Studios, which is part of Disney. You know, how how is this going to, like, I, what do you even compare this to? Like, if you're doing comps the, for Bob's Burgers. If you're... If you're the studio that greenlit it, which was ultimately 20th Century Fox before the Disney takeover, um, your your basis for comparison and your hope for comparison is the Simpsons movie, um, yeah. which people forget made well over 400 million. It made 536 million dollars worldwide. The Simpsons movie was such a bigger hit than people remember. Um, times have changed. Uh, <laughs> this was very much a pre-COVID. This was very much a pre-COVID bet. It is now a post-COVID gamble. Um, I get, but this is another, this was the other one I was going to tell you. This is maybe another Dark Horse pick. If this movie comes out with good reviews, the fans really show up, you know, this could be, this could be a, this could be a 75, $85 million domestic movie, maybe. <laughs> like, you know, but, but like, but I don't know that for sure. Like, I don't, you know, but, but, but this is, 
I don't know. I don't know if this is one of those movies that people show up for anymore. You know, it, 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 it's, it really feels like a streaming movie now, but it also looks much more expensive than a streaming movie. Like if you look at the trailers, so I'm, it's interesting. Yeah, it is but interesting. This one, it, I really couldn't. It, it could do like, you know, 30 or it could do like you said, 75. And the other thing is it's going up against some heavy competition. Now I'm not saying it's the same audience that wants to see both of these movies. No, but. my suspicion is that this is going to quickly become a streaming play uh, where Disney's going to put it in theaters for a few weeks and then it goes to Hulu. That's kind of my bet. So, um, but if the audience turns up and mass, you know, in a short period of time, we'll see. Okay. So, uh, the other big movie that's coming out this weekend, by the way, we're skipping all the limited releases because I don't think unless you see Ryan, any of the limited releases that you think have the potential of breaking the top 10, let me know. But I, this year, I, I don't think there is any, I, I'll let you know if I see one and there maybe are a few in here we might want to talk about, but, yeah. but for now, not so much. So the big release on in May, in late May is Top Gun Maverick. And this is of course, uh, Tom Cruise, Joseph Kaczynski, uh, you know, they spent how much money? $150 million or something insane on this? No, no, it was well over $200 million 200? for this movie. Well uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. This is interesting because, like, I have a friend who is, like, a Top Gun, like, fanatic. And he loves Top Gun. But, like, I Top Gun does nothing for me. And I grew up in the, the time that that should have been, like, a movie as a kid that I, I loved. So I, I just don't know. Is there... Is there that much love for Top Gun? I mean, I guess, is there that much love for Tom Cruise doing, like, insane stuff? I guess the question, because I'm not sure Top Gun is the thing that's going to bring the people to the seats here. Uh, global, this is where the global versus domestic gets very interesting. So I think globally, you've got maybe a $600 million hit on your hands. How much of that comes domestic is the big question. Um you know, are you going to get, are you going to get a, the mummy split where it's 80 million domestic and 329 international for 409 finish? Or are you going to get a mission impossible fallout finish where it's 220 domestic, you know, 567 international for 787. Now I'm not saying you're going to get those exact numbers, but you can sort of see the split there. Um, my suspicion is, you know, this could be like a hundred million dollar ish domestic movie. Really depends on reviews here. Um, you know, th this to me screams a little bit closer to Edge of Tomorrow domestic-wise. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, because, I mean, you even look at, like, a movie like Oblivion where Tom Cruise, you know, it didn't do great. That's still $89 million domestic for Tom Cruise. So, you know, this to me seems like a safe bet to at least get you to 100 domestic. But it depends how, it depends how heavily weighted international it is. And I suspect this is one of those will be heavily weighted international movies. So Ryan, do you want to hear um, something shocking? I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear it, Peter. Let's hear it. Okay. Do not look this up. Top gun was released in 1986 and it was made for $15 million. How much money do you think it made at the domestic box office? It made over oh it's a domestic damn it see I always know the global number um, okay tell me the global it was over four hundred right uh three fifty seven worldwide in a hundred three fifty okay I knew domestic and I knew that was I knew it was 
Fantastic waited because that was before. Yeah, so 100, that is unreal. And I'm with you. I got no love for Top Gun. Like, I got no, I got no love for it. Like, zero love for it. Uh, I, I, uh, the only thing I love in Top Gun is the uh, army general getting mad in his office and yelling out, screaming, I want some butts. Uh, I actually made a gif of that because I thought it was so goddamn funny. Uh, but, um, so you really think that this no, is going to do almost half of what the original did in 1986? And for 10 times the price, or, you know, 15 times the price. Again, I think this was a global play, and I think... Yeah. And again, I think you're also making a different kind of movie. The trailers have made it very clear that this is not, like, Danger Zone Top Gun again. You know what I mean? This is not... This is not, like, hanging with the boys, play, you know, playing in the background while people are playing volleyball. Um, it's probably a more hip current track while people are playing football on the beach, but, but it, 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 it's, you know, it's still, it's, it strikes me as you get name recognition in there, but you're also making what looks to, I mean, cause I did a trailer breakdown for us for that last trailer and man, oh man, like it looks visually pretty damn impressive. Um, so if it, if it really does come out and seems to not be like a really campy eighties homage and it actually looks like they made a cool like weird kind of dark and gritty second top gun movie. I might be in on this. So, um, I think curiosity and Tom Cruise get you further than you might think. Yeah. I mean, I'm seeing it. Don't, don't get me wrong, but I also pay for AMCA lists. So, you know, I can show right. up. The but I think and... again, the most, the most amazing account to me of, of what Tom Cruise gets you is that the mummy still made 80 million domestic, you know, like that's, that's incredible. That movie was, just absolutely loathed from the second it dropped and and still get you at 80 mil domestic so i mean that you know yeah that to me that to me if anything tells you that that top gun can get you there it's it, that to me is the number that sticks out okay so next week we are in june june 3rd is when ifc midnight releases watcher does this have any chance of cracking the top 10 Truth be told, I don't even know what the hell this is. Um, so a young no. woman moves into a new apartment with her fiance and is tormented by the feeling that she is being stalked by an unseen watcher in an adjacent building. And uh, I don't have the ca cast information. Oh, this is. is what the IFC Midnight does a good job at making cheap movies and kind of capitalizing in short windows on them. Um, this is probably them just sort of looking to sort of fill in a little bit of a gap in that week after, after Top Gun comes out, this is them trying to make a little bit of change. It's, it's not, it's, it's probably, I don't really know what the movie is, but that's kind of IFC Midnight's yeah. game. So in the lead really. is that, uh, Mika Monroe, who is like, become oh, like, I like, I like yeah. her a lot. She's great. She's the, from, um, it follows. Yeah. She's in like all the horror movies now. She's like the new last girl or whatever. She's wonderful. But no, again, I no disrespect to. Watcher and it and again IFC Midnight does a really fantastic job of of making like really reasonably budgeted interesting movies that there isn't like a shitload of pressure to deliver at the box. I actually I love what IFC Midnight does, but no disrespect, they're just not they're not in this to like be one of the top grossing movies of the summer. It's just not what they're doing. But what, okay, so the question is, how much money do you think? Because IFC Midnight has released. I'm trying to think of. Have they released anything big? No, I don't think they Again, have. Again, not big. They their their big their big thing is like we'll go get a little bit of money 
and they almost they're almost one of those companies that almost uses the box office to like promote vod you yeah. know what i mean like like it which is fine if, if they if you keep your budgets cheap like you know you can do stuff like that it's fine like and, and they make interesting movies um you know there is nothing wrong with that and this can't movies- be right according to the numbers.com the biggest release that ifc midnight has had was the wretched the wretched and it, it yeah made, that, that was the one that came out at the beginning of covid and like kind of helped prop up drive-ins but it made 1.8 million and that was the biggest that they've had they don't make a ton of money at the box office and also i think they end up in a lot of theaters where like the box office stuff isn't like reported correctly a lot of the time like there's a lot of that with like revival cinema and stuff where like the the box office numbers don't necessarily get reported correctly sometimes and but no they mostly make vod movies that where they're trying to make their money on vod and the little bit of box office essentially helps to promote those vod releases is what it is okay i think the big release of june comes out on june 10th and that is jurassic world dominion what do oh, you peter you... you mean the highest grossing movie of 2020 worldwide or 2022 worldwide yeah jurassic world dominion will be the biggest movie of the year that's my that's my big it's my big that's my big throwing the money on the table this is so, your 2022 highest grosser you think this is going to beat dr strange worldwide absolutely it's not do- even a domestically i'm asking well let's have a look at this shall we yeah uh jurassic world a well-reviewed crowd-pleasing movie that a lot of people in our circle crap on but general i love audience it i love it no no i love we talked about this there's no yeah. but that's not what this is about 652 million dollars domestic 1.66 worldwide yeah huge jurassic world fallen kingdom a movie people absolutely hate 417 million dollars domestic 1.3 billion worldwide Jurassic World Dominion bringing back both casts being being the conclusion of this franchise. It is going to make a ridiculous amount of money. Okay, but here's the question. You, you already said that you think Doctor Strange and the Multiverse Madness could make 400 to 450 million. And I, I do agree with you. I think this is going to beat Fallen Kingdom. I mean, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. This is going to beat Doctor Strange, isn't it? Right, because if you look at, if you look at, let's say you look at the because again we've seen with the right franchise and this is one of the only ones outside of superhero stuff where like you know spider-man no way home like proved to to some degree covid doesn't matter if it's a big enough movie the batman has kind of proved that too like and and jurassic world dominion i think the runtime it's not like three it's like two and a half hours it's like really reasonable for this kind of movie a generational (laughs) nostalgia is going to get you far like that's the other thing is people that people are underestimating the nature of like the original cast coming back, that's going to get a lot of meat and seats. And so let's assume the reviews are closer to Jurassic world than they were to fallen kingdom. So you take like, what's the in between of six fifty two and four seventeen? even if that's close to 500, that still puts you over what Dr. Strange gets domestic for sure. I think you might be right. I think Jurassic, you know, what? I, I was thinking like, Oh, it's going to do fallen kingdom numbers, but you make a good point with the supporting character, uh, the support. But even if it does back. fallen kingdom numbers, even if it does fallen kingdom numbers, Dr. Strange still has to perform at its potentially absolute best case scenario to get there. Yeah. 
at least the way I see it. Who knows? I, you know, I, I could have never predicted Spider-Man No Way Home would get 1.9 billion, but you know, I'm just looking at the way that I see it because people, people in our circles really count these movies out like these Jurassic movies. And I just don't think people realize, I think it's easy for people to forget the summer of 2015 and just how much money and how many people were going to see Jurassic world. And I think this new one is going to get you so much closer to that feeling. See, it's tough because um, if I put Jurassic World Dominion as my number one and Doctor Strange as my number two, and it ends up being the opposite, that means instead of 13 points for number one and 10 points for number two, that would be what, 30 or 23 points? I would get seven and seven. 14 something like that so it, it, it that's a considerable difference if if i'm wrong on the stop movie okay okay that, no, that's for is, me to worry it about is, <laughs> but i also think that these two those are your two movies those are your two yeah. and you're looking at a difference between a month of you know dr strange making its money but dr strange well yeah i don't think that matters as much because you've still got enough runway for both to make their money they're going to make 90% of their money by the time, yeah. if not all of it, by the time September's up. So, you know, I just think that you, those those are the two. And again, I think the X factor here could be reviews because that's what took Fallen Kingdom down so hard. Um, so, you know, by that way, unfortunately we don't know right now. <laughs> by the way, uh, if any of these movies get moved out of summer... I get zero points. That That's the rules because of, uh, well, because of COVID. Well, Doctor so. Strange... Doctor Strange is out in two weeks, so that's not happening. Yeah. And Jurassic World Dominion just put out a new featurette and poster with the date. I think that's too far to move. So I think those two are set. Yeah, no, I think we're good so far. But later summer, you never know. Um, or, you know, it could be the play of, like, someone deciding, oh, I, I, I guess it's probably too late for Bob's Burgers. But, you know, Disney could decide, like, you know, let's put Bob's Burgers on Hulu instead of a theatrical release. Um, 100%. So that could happen later in the summer, which is interesting here. Okay, so uh, mid-June, we have uh, something called Brian and Charles. I don't even know this. Focus I actually features. don't know what that, but again, another focus. Again, Focus Features is in trouble. They got another movie coming out against a, another big movie that I've never heard of. It, it's about <laughs> Brian, a lonely inventor in rural Wales, who spends his days building quirky, unconventional co contraptions that seldom work. Undeterred by his success, Brian attempts his biggest project yet. Three days, a washing machine, and various spare parts later, he's invented Charles, an artificially intelligent robot who learns English from a dictionary and has an obsession with cabbages. What follows is a humorous and entirely heartwarming story that's not going to make any money. <laughs> this is my... <laughs> uh, but... Uh, yeah, so this comes from Jim Archer. Actually, I don't even know. He hasn't even done anything. Uh, yeah, I feel like this is... We should probably just move on. Let's just yeah. This doesn't even have a chance to be a dark horse, does it? No no disrespect. It could be a fine movie, but just in terms of like the game we're playing, this is not a movie yeah. that is playing that game. Okay, the, the big movie of that weekend, I think, is going to be the Walt Disney uh, picture. Actually, is this from Pixar? Yeah, I think it's from Pixar. Yeah, it's, uh, Disney, Lightyear. it's Disney Pixar. Yeah. yeah, and I may or may not uh, come next week be able to talk about, uh, may or may not, having <laughs> maybe done some things or seen some things in involving a movie that you just mentioned. It's possible. Um, okay. Uh, 
the big thing here is that this is Pixar's return to theaters after two years. Um, the last three have went to Disney Plus. I have extreme concerns about uh, the brand being a little diminished theatrically uh, because people might now have built up that expectation that these movies are now available at home. Um, I have extreme concerns about it coming out the week after Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, and I have slight concerns about the fact that it is a very interesting pitch to extend the Toy, Toy, Toy Story franchise without actual Toy Story branding. Though it, people are smart. It's Buzz Lightyear. They get it. Yeah. Um, I, I think feel this like movie, this movie, this movie, if it was a live action movie from Disney, I feel like makes more sense. But being computer animated and it's the guy that inspired Buzz Lightyear. It's so weird. It's such a weird. Pitch. I wish I could say things that I want to say. Um, okay, okay. What I will say is that I have a sneaking suspicion that reviews are not going to be a problem for this movie. Uh, um. Chris Evans is a bona fide movie star, you know, ha getting him in the role, I think was a complete, you know, like slam dunk. Um, I think this movie's going to do well, but I do think it it's sort of sandwiched between some stiff competition, but I also think that it sort of works as a bit of counter programming. If we look at what comes out the next week and sort of against dominion too. So I do think Disney picked an okay slot here. Uh, but I, but I also, you know, I mean, if we want to look what at, do you like, what do you comp this up against? Because you, you look at the Toy Story franchise. Toy Story one made one hundred ninety two. Toy Story two, two forty five. Toy Story three four fifteen. Toy Story four four thirty four. So I mean, it's it's kind of stalled out there a little as time's gone gone on. But I don't think you can compare this as a Toy Story movie, even though it is in the Toy Story no, franchise. And you also can't even really compare this as like. Let's leave and look at like what was the last uh, Coco, the last original Pixar movie. Um, you know, uh, two ten domestic, seven ninety seven worldwide. You know, that's the other thing you got to remember. Some of these Pixar movies split heavy international. Um, but 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 this is pre COVID Pixar versus post COVID Pixar in a world where Onward Soul and Luca. Onward, Soul, Luca, and Turning Red have all mostly been Disney Plus plays. Um, yeah. Do, how although, badly although does they that shouldn't have the been. Brand? It shouldn't have been. No, they, no, they absolutely shouldn't have been. I think it was very stupid for Disney to diminish one of its best brands that way. Um, especially when Turning Red had a hundred and seventy-five million dollar production budget. But hey, what do I know? Uh, you know, well, like. Uh, Let's so, look at so the I, like. So let's I, look at the smaller box offices. So, like, Good Dinosaur did 123 million dollars in 2015, and we had uh, Toys. I mean, uh, Cars Three did 152 million in 2017. Do you think it's going to do better than those or worse than those? I think the I think the the Toy Story branding and the Buzz Lightyear imagery get you a little far, and I also. Not saying I know anything here, but I have a sneaking suspicion that reviews-wise, you're going to get better than Cars 3. Um, so, yeah, and much better than The Good Dinosaur, certainly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, this is one of those ones, it could be $150 million domestic, it could be 350 domestic. You know what I mean? It could, it, it really could. <sighs> it, it could. It could be all over the map here, but, you know, it... it um, I think I think honestly, if I'm looking at this, I can't help but wonder if Brave is like the best comp for it. You know, two thirty seven domestic, five fifty four worldwide. 
Like that to me seems like a completely reasonable expectation. Yeah, I, I could see it doing like 200, 250. But but again, this is one this is one that I really don't know. And and again, if it was Pixar, where Pixar had not abandoned theatrical at any point, and and Pixar was still Pixar, firmly Pixar, and like, you know, oh, you know what we should talk about though is you know let's talk about the what situation we are in right now. Like you know, it seems like early in this pandemic, a lot of those kids movies were released direct to VOD. We just talked about the Pixar movies doing that. Uh, because you know, kids needed something at home to watch, but now we're at a time where ki- where adults want to get their kids out of the house, <laughs> and like we're we're having yeah. things like uh, Sonic and all those other movies. Like those movies are performing better than I would expect them to, right? I haven't looked at I the mean, numbers. Sing Two just crossed four hundred million worldwide, and it also did gangbusters on premium VOD, from what I understand. You know, yeah, some of these are doing really well. Sonic 2 is a really good example of that. Like, Sonic 2 just make a bank. Um, Sing 2 did know. domestically $162 million, And I feel like that doesn't have as big of a, you know, a following as the Toy Story franchise and Pixar. No, not at all. Not at all. And, uh, and, and, uh, yeah, but again, like, it did, it did, it did Gangbusters premium VOD numbers too. So, like, you know, but you also got to look like maybe Encanto is kind of an interesting comparison where that maybe tapped out at, I think, close to 250 worldwide. Um, so that's what I mean. It's hard to know. Um, it, you know, but again, you do get the, the the franchise branding there, which obviously helps. I, I think I'm going to disagree with you on this one, Ryan. I think I'm going to shoot that. I think this is going to do like 300 million. Like domestic, you think it's going to do three hundred? I, uh, you think that's not possible? No, no, I'm not saying it's not possible. Like I said, I think my prediction is any is like I, I really this one I really don't know. Like I'm thinking yeah. anywhere between anywhere between like one fifty and three fifty. I don't know. Now, do I think now now rem, being reminded that Sing Two did one sixty two, I feel a little better about it going over one fifty for sure. But you know, let's call it between two hundred and three fifty. You know what I mean? It could be a big range. Hmm. I will say a few years ago when we were playing this game, I was the only person that thought Finding Dory would do well. Um, oh, put it at the top. and that was dumb. Like, I know, but that was a big, that movie big did point over a win billion win. dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People, are, any I, that, that, but again, that's pre-COVID Pixar. You never bet against that. Yeah, don't bet against Pixar. But yeah, it, it, what is post-COVID po- <laughs> Pixar? I don't know. Uh, Again, that's my biggest thing. I do not know. Okay, let's move uh, forward to June 24th. There's uh, two wide releases that weekend. The first of which is The Black Phone. And this is coming from the former director of Doctor Strange. And this is a... Uh, and the director of Sinister, uh, yeah. Mr. Scott Derrickson. Yeah, yeah, and uh, this is a uh, is this a um, Blumhouse? I think it is Blumhouse movie. Yeah, very acclaimed horror movie. Uh, with it already debuted at Fantastic Fest last year. Ethan Hawke playing a straight up villain based on the Joe Hill short. This is one of my most anticipated movies of the year. Um, I'm also gonna tell you that this is your absolute best dark horse bet. Um, I think I think this is this is your best dark horse on the map for the uh okay but so how much well here's the question though like blumhouse has had you know blumhouse always makes money it's just uh, depending on how much money it makes because but they make their films like 
Yeah. They, I mean, they've made films for half a million dollars, like a paranormal activity. And they've made films that, uh, cost, you know, $20 million, like Halloween kills, but every single one of them makes money. And it's a question of like, how much money is this going to make? Like get out is probably, is their biggest success. They made it for $5 million and it made 175 million domestically. Halloween, yeah, ten million dollars, one hundred fifty-nine. Split, one hundred thirty-eight million. Glass, one hundred eleven. But those are, I mean, I don't know. Paranormal Activity, one hundred seven. Paranormal Activity three, one hundred four. I guess we're talking about sequels and things based on other things, except for Get Out, which yeah, is a split phenomenon. Also, but Split also originally, you know, it's not until the very end of that movie that people sort of yeah. realize that there's a connection there. So Split was, for all intents and purposes, a an original thing. Um, uh, you know, uh, yeah. So I mean, it's all it's all relative, right? But I think, like, uh, you know, if you're looking at the original Purge doing sixty four million, you know, another Ethan Hawke, Sinister, I believe, did around fifty four million domestic. Um, I think, uh, but but there's something about this movie has like a buzz to it. And I think like if you can get around that like 70 million domestic on this, maybe, you know, that's a pretty good, you know, that's like a nice little, that's, that's like a nice little dark horse for you. 70 million. I mean, I could see it doing 70 million. That that's definitely possible. I mean, but this is why I'm not telling you to put it in your top 10. I'm telling you, you know, like this is what, this is not one to, to overlook. Like the Invis- Invisible Man, that came out right before the pandemic. That did 64. But I guess that's kind of based on a Universal Monsters property. Uh, the Visit yeah, but this, did but 65. but this is based on like Joe Hill movie. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, you know, yeah. Joe, I, and I think Scott Derrickson has built up a brand on his own. I think Ethan Hawke, is, and I think that trailer's super good too. I think the buzz is going to be great on it. Um, you know, and again, horror tends to be the thing that, outside of superheroes does well. So uh, yeah, I feel like this is one of those ones as long as now the caveat here, universal has been doing some really annoying shit with like moving stuff to Peacock, you know? So Hmm. I hope that they don't do that with this movie because I feel like this has a lot of, this is a a movie that theatrical really needs right now. Uh, So I would really hope that, but I, but I think this is, this is a solid not to be overlooked earner for the year. I I think people realize that the horror is doing really well at the box office right now. Like it's one of those genres that is post pandemic still like surviving. So I would think they're going to keep yeah. it in theaters. Well, but the, but universal moved Firestarter, the Stephen King movie yeah. to Pe- Peacock day and date that, 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 yeah. that surprised me a great deal. Well, maybe they have less uh, confidence in that movie. Maybe. Um, I don't know. But, uh, but we should probably talk about the other movie coming out the same day. Yeah. What is that? Uh, Elvis from Mr. Baz Luhrmann, uh, the Elvis biopic, which looks to be, if you were to expect the guy that made Moulin Rouge making a pretty kind of like A to B to C biopic about Elvis, the trailer <laughs> kind of sells you on that. Um, this this one, I, I, I honestly, genuinely don't have a guess in my head as to what this movie's going to do. Like, I'm not, I'm, I hate to cop out. I have, I can't help you no idea this is my biggest mystery of the summer i have no clue Mm. well like um the great gatsby 
did 144. Do you think it could hit that? Domestic? <laughs> yeah, I did 144. Apparently. I just didn't realize Gatsby did that. Look, I don't know. The, you know, look at look at what Bohemian Rhapsody did. And this is Elvis. You know what I mean? Like, this is, you know, like, if it's good, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I have no idea. It could the Bohemian Rhapsody made over $900 million worldwide. You know, like. I really don't it, know the range. And it has Tom scene. Hanks as a as a star there, so it's like right. And it's like it it seems like this could be a this could be like a a, a House of Gucci thing where it squeaks its way to one hundred and fifty worldwide, or it could just be like blow the doors off it. I have no idea. As far as like American iconic figures, Elvis Presley is way up there. So, you know, th this is one of those ones that whatever it makes will be weighted heavily domestic, I suspect. But I, I feel really... like I feel like people aren't talking about this movie. I haven't even heard anybody talk about this movie. Uh, so can, that... I, can, I, can I throw you a counter to that, though? Oh, the, the, well, before Middle you counter America. that, I, I have a second thing to that is I also think this is a movie that normally would be like a movie my dad or my, you know, like older audience type movie and they don't seem to be going to the theaters now they will for the right thing so here are the two things i'll counter you with i do think it's a little older skewing but i don't think that's a bad thing because i do think at some point older audiences are going to come out for stuff uh because this you know we're kind of approaching our where we are territory with the pandemic um secondly i don't hear anybody talking about yellowstone ever and it is the biggest <laughs> show on cable that's it's middle America for you. It's not, yeah. you know, like, so, you know, we, we exist in a bubble, you know, like yeah. my mom is stoked about this Elvis movie. My mom is not on Twitter. You know, like, you know what I mean? It's, it's so like, my mom is literally going to fly out to Austin to go see this with me. You know what I mean? Like my mom flies oh, wow. for free cause she works for an airline, but like, she's, she's using that as an excuse to come see me just so we can go see the Elvis movie together. You know what I mean? Like my mom is stoked about this, you know? So like, you know, uh, my mom loves movies anyway, but like, but it, it, that's what I'm saying is like, I think that, that there might be that X factor there of audiences were not taking into account. But again, I really don't know. Like this is all over the place. I think it's facing a lot of competition, but I also think it's one of those movies that could greatest showman its way to a crazy number by going week after week after week. I don't know. If you had to guess a number right now, Ryan, for domestic, what would you guess? Gun to my head, seventy-five million. Okay, I was gonna say a hundred. Hmm. I was leaning toward a hundred, but I actually don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm. I, this one I'm playing a little conservative, and I think that's more competition based. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, let's move on. July things heat up with Minions, The Rise of Gru. You know, the Despicable Me franchise is, is just like a monster. Um, let's see what, what people, what, this is one of those ones. People don't realize how much money these movies make. Uh, and world, world worldwide way more than domestically. Like, so to give you an example, like, uh, despicable me one did two fifty one, The second one did three sixty eight. The third, uh, the minions movie did three sixty or three thirty six, And then the despicable, uh, despicable me three did two sixty four. But of that 264 million domestic, it did over a billion dollars worldwide. 
Yeah, so, so these are so these are glow so like when I talk about like the highest grossing movies of the year worldwide at the end of the year, Minions Rise of Gru is in the top five sales and to the top five. Uh domestic? Interesting question. Um this is still a safe bet, like because you look at like uh what was it min uh, uh despicable me three still does like 226 i think was the number two, you two, said 264 still- so but but that's that's interesting though because the first movie did 251 the second movie did 368 the third uh, the minions did 336 so you're kind of going up and then the third one went down you know, but I think the Minions branding is stronger than the Despicable Me branding. So I think you kind of get the best of both worlds here where you get the Minions in the title and you get the Despicable Me link. So if you're if you're in a, if you exist in a world where Sing 2 makes 162 million domestic, it's foolish to think this movie makes anything less than 200. Does that seem fair to say? Well, the question is how much did Sing 1 make? I'm I'm going to look that up right now because Sing I, 1 I, was over 600 worldwide. Yeah, but how much did it Same make? Did really uh, how much did it make? Uh, oh, domestic did two seventy. Right. So, so it did go down. Sing one to sing two did go down. Well, right, but a lot of that is COVID based, and a lot of that is is almost you know, hundred mil- or like movies. about a hundred million. So right, but it, but a lot of that was made up on premium VOD though, so the audience is still there. So what I'm saying is like Minions is a much stronger franchise than than Sing. There's zero question. Like there, there nobody's questioning that. So what I'm saying, if you look at what the last Minions movie did, not what Despicable Me did, last Minions movie did over 300. Sing Two does 162. I think you're silly to to think this movie does less than 200 domestic. This is one of those ones where reviews don't matter. Like it doesn't <laughs> matter. Families are gonna go see this movie. It doesn't matter. It does, kids are families are going to take their kids to see it. It does not matter. See, it's tough because we also have the pandemic to factor in here. Because normally, I would say, I would say, let's split the difference between Minions One and Despicable Me Three, and that would end up being like three hundred million. But I, I wouldn't go so far. Pre-pandemic, I say it's easily easily over three hundred. Taking pandemic into account, that's where I'm going at least two hundred. Hmm. I, I'm gonna say it's at least two fifty. <laughs> I'm gonna say it's at least two fifty. But yeah, I, I don't know. Right, like, no, I'm playing conservative. I'm just saying you're silly to think it would do anything less than two hundred. And if you look at everything we've talked about, that still puts you at one of the top movies of the year for sure. Okay, let's move. Let's move on really quick to uh, the next release. Uh, I guess that is July eighth. Thor: Love and Thunder. So. Yep. Uh, yeah, so here's a big question. You know, how is this going to compare to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? This is the, you know, the third Thor, or wait, fourth? Third, 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 third uh, fourth Thor. Third, third, fourth Thor. Because Ragnarok yeah. was... Now, I think, I think what you get here is this is going to be... This is going to be one that sneaks up on people a little bit. Because uh, let's look at, like, Thor Ragnarok built up a lot of goodwill for that solo franchise 315 domestic 538 international 853 worldwide in this case you are getting natalie portman returning as thor you are getting christian bale as the villain you are getting the guardians of the galaxy in this movie you are getting taika watiti back in the director's chair you are getting what by all accounts appears to be a wild ass movie uh 
I think this 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 one touches this one maybe gets close to a billion worldwide, and I think you're you're in a similar split. You're probably going to be looking at forty percent maybe domestic, you know, sixty-ish percent in international. So what does that leave you with? You know, maybe in a best case scenario, close to four hundred million domestic. Maybe in a best case scenario. So I would say somewhere between three and four hundred domestic on this movie. So you think it's going to do better than Ragnarok, which had like had the benefit of having another Avenger in there, had Hulk, right? So, right, but you, but again, you're getting the Guardians in this one. Oh, you're and getting, you're getting the Guardians, Natalie yeah. Portman in full Thor mode, and Christian Bale. That is not a small get. Christian Bale returning to the superhero fold as a villain in a Thor movie. Yeah, that is a big get. Hmm. Hmm, I, I think you're probably right around 400. I guess the, the big question is, you know, we also pegged Doctor Strange around 400 probably. Well, so, right, but these are all Marvel Cinematic Universe movies that are going to do well, and you're talking about a sequel that's going to do well. I don't think it does as much as Doctor Strange, but I'm saying best case scenario, 400. You know, like, so so maybe a little less, but around that. Yeah, I think Strange is going to do higher because it's coming off of No, no Way Home, and it also has like that well, multiverse factor. factor the cameo I, festival, right? Like yeah. the, the what what what's the, what's this mystery box going to be? Thor: yeah. Love and Thunder is more like people loved Ragnarok and they are ready to come, you know, go back to that. So I think they're both going to excite audiences for different reasons. But I do think that at the end of the day, Multiverse of Madness is going to do better worldwide. But I just think that like you're still looking at two gigantic Marvel movies that are both going to make gigantic amounts of money. Okay, we have a bunch of movies in mid-July that I'm not sure what to make of. You're going to have to tell me. So STX has bed rest. Does STX ever produce anything that makes any money that isn't? Um, yeah, they definitely do. Girls in a but, car. But it's, yeah, it, it's sporadic. And, <laughs> Bad and so moms, I don't think we need to, that kind of movie. Yeah, I'll just go over this. I don't think we need to talk about bed rest. I don't think we need to talk about Miss Harris Goes to Paris. Uh, I really don't even really think we need to talk about Paws of Fury and... Where the crawdad sings interests me, but I don't think we're looking at a movie that even like Dark Horse is its way in. So I think that whole July 15th corridor is just other studios sort of dumping some things that can maybe collect a little bit of change before we get to like a very crowded end of July. So I think you don't think Paws of Fury being an animated movie could make some amount of money because right, right now we're, we're going to make some right now on, on our Dark Horse list. We have like Bob's Burgers at like who knows how much Downton Abbey, which could make sixty million. The Black Phone, which could make fifty million. Black Fire Phone, Starter. I'm still thinking goes higher than fifty. So yeah, I, yeah, you're right. Pause of Fury, maybe, but I think coming that close to Minions and with another something we're going to talk about here in a second coming out a couple weeks later, I don't know that Pause of Fury makes all that much money. That's a good point with it being too close to minions. That's a very good point. Well, okay. and it's sandwiched between another one. So, so I think, you know, it, yeah. it, 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 that's got limited opportunity. And you were saying where the crawdad crawdad sing. What, what even is this movie? I, I don't even, I'm not even sure. This it's one based on a book radar. and it's, 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 I saw the trailer for it when I went to go see Coda and uh, it just looked kind of like one of those weird, like sort of like, a, a kind of like adult skewing movies that you see a trailer for a million times and you never hear anybody talk about and then suddenly you find out it made like a decent chunk of change at the box office you know what i mean like or it just flops out entirely 
it's mm-hmm. it, it it interests me but i don't think it i don't think it's going to make enough to to have to to have to have you bother with the math for it for this okay <laughs> big big question mark here is july 22nd we have jordan peele's next film nope and it's hitting in the middle of summer i mean we've seen what jordan peele has done in the past what, what how do you think this is going to compare reviews are everything right uh you know we already talked about how well get out did us not as roundly loved as get out still did 175 million dollars domestic uh and 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 these these movies are weighted heavy domestic um i think people are going to be excited for a new jordan peele movie i think he has become a brown brand unto himself i think this movie looks incredibly compelling reviews or everything uh, could be a lot here but i i think we're looking at this movie sales to 100 million domestic uh how f- how much further it gets beyond that is an interesting question mark but i don't know if we live in a world anymore where a movie like this can do 175 domestic anymore you know the pandemic has changed a lot in that respect but you know i think you're looking at a, a movie that sales to 100 million domestic uh you know, I, you know it didn't not, occur to me that us actually did about the same amount of money as Get Out. That is, that's actually kind of crazy domestically because Get Out did uh, 175.8 and Us did 175.0. It they, They're almost identical grosses, yeah. Uh, again, yeah. that shows you the, 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 the... Now, that was a lot of the goodwill for Get Out. Like the, and also, that us the, that made Us trailer was ridiculously good. Um, you know, you talk about like some, some absolute A-list marketing. Like that Us trailer was yeah. stupid good um you know and that gets you that gets you far so i think a lot of people general audiences didn't like us nearly as much as they like get out so i don't know how much that affects nope but nope also looks like a much more commercial concept uh with like the alien angle so so that's an interesting point so what are you thinking like 150 i think 150 would be top end for this uh because again i think the market's changed um, I would say somewhere between one and one fifty. I know that's a big range, but you know that's kind of that's kind of where I'm leaning. Interesting. It it it's interesting right now. Like I'm looking at my list that I'm kind of putting together as we're we're discussing, and right now I have Top Gun Maverick above that. Uh, which actually no, what did we say Top Gun Maverick was going to make? Well, I'm a little, I'm a little, again, I think that's maybe a 600 million worldwide movie. Maybe, maybe if it, maybe if reviews are really good, it gets to 700 worldwide. But I think sometimes that Tom Cruise split pretty is pretty international. So if we go, let's say it does 600 worldwide, I'd say at least 150 of that comes from domestic, if not closer to 200. So, Hmm. so I think, I think, I think that is a safer bet above Nope, but that could get close if like, Top Gun Maverick underperforms and Nope overperforms. See, my heart wants to put Nope above Top Gun, but I feel like you can't bet against Cruz. Yeah, I, mean, I think can. Vegas odds are. I, I think <laughs> Vegas odds are probably in your favor on Top Gun. <sighs> but I, I really, I really want Jordan Peele to like knock it out of the park. And... Yeah, but he, but even if he does, if if his movie makes. If Nope makes 125 domestic and let's say 50 to 60 worldwide and it gets to 175 worldwide or something, 
he he does a lot with a little. So let's say this movie even had what a twenty five million dollar budget or something. That's a home run. Yeah. Okay, so we are at the end of July, which is at the point where I strongly think that the fact that this contest ends at Labor Day is starts to affect the viability of any of these films being on this list. But let, let's go. Well, and also just. Just before we proceed, I actually don't think anything coming out in August, even if you had like a ton of time, is going to make enough money to matter. So like, so I think really we're talking about the last weekend that matters right now, in my humble opinion. Okay, let's look at that. July 29th, we have Bullet Train. This is coming from Sony. And this obviously has Brad Pitt, Joey King, Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, Sandra Bullock. Stack cast. Yeah. Stack cast. David Leach is the director. Uh, I mean, it, the thing is, like, this was made for $85, $86 dollars. Is that the budget on this? According to the numbers.com, I, I don't. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! I hadn't looked up the budget for this yet. Oh, you just made my head hurt. Oh, why? Well, oh, all the stars cost you- money. Oh, couldn't they have kept this under 50? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I want this movie to do so well. Oh, damn it. Oh, that bums me out. Your reaction to this was good. Um, oh, that's, sorry. It's just that, that that's like the same thing when I saw the Northman cost 90. I just flipped out. I was like, who did this? <laughs> oh, well, okay, let's shit. look at I, I'm trying to think of like, <laughs> what, what are the comparables here? If you look at Brad Pitt. Knives out. Knives Out. Knives okay. Out is the best comparison to this, weirdly enough. Wow. Okay, I was just going to say Brad Pitt, but like, it seems like he... What is his last thing? The Lost City? 72? Oh, Before Lost that. City's doing just fine. Lost, Lost yeah. City's doing just fine. But also... But but so I think you're really... But I think like... Knives Out, you're saying. So I, th- I think what you're looking at, Knives Out, 165 domestic, 146 international, 311 worldwide on a $40 million budget. Boy, I like that number better. But, but gigantic ensemble original concept. I would argue that a compelling murder mystery gets you just as far as an action thriller in this. Now, action can go further, and but uh, action, as we've seen, is a little more expensive. Uh, so, um, sorry, I'm so bummed about that number, but. But uh, if if it can do Knives Out numbers, like let's say the reviews are really good, this is the movie I'm rooting for the most because this kind of, you know, this is the sort of movie that like had the risk of going to streaming and I really like that it's not going to streaming. But, you know, that that's, but yeah, so I mean, if it does Knives Out numbers, that's pretty good, you know, and I think that's the best, the closest comp in recent history to that sort of thing. Um, I mean, if we look at the director... if we look at the director, his last film did 27.5. But before that was Hobbs and Shaw, 173. I mean, it, it, these aren't comparable because it's hard to... No, they're not comparable. I think the other thing is maybe, like, the more recent John Wick movies might get the same audience. So, I mean, you know, like, what what did John Wick Chapter 3 do again? That did um, 171. You know. Yeah, so that's actually right in line with Knives Out. I'm I'm... I'm impressed at how correct I was about that. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think but there's yeah, like so a I lot think more like a... excitement for like chapter three of John Wick than there is Bullet Train. No, but I'm saying, 
but I'm saying that, like, if you look at, like, the idea that Knives Out does 162 with an original concept and an ensemble cast, and yeah. the idea that Bullet Train is an action movie trying to take that same idea of movie stars as IP, you know, like, like the idea that, like, the movie stars are in place of the IP. If we stack this with people you love, you'll come, you know, like, it, and an interesting concept and, and a pretty good trailer for my money. Um, so, like, 140? I, you know, I think... I. I think that's optimistic and that's what I'd love to see. I think there's also a version of this that does like 50 million topped out and it's like, Oh no, what have we done? Um, you know, I really think it's going to do like a hundred million is what I think is going to happen. I would, that's what I would, I would be very happy if it does a hundred domestic because then it probably can do at least that international. And then on an $86 million budget, you're at like 200 million worldwide, which is not a disaster. Um, so like, you know, but again, this movie has a problem of opening up against DC League of Super Pets. So, and coming out a week after Nope, another original adult skewing movie. That to me is a bit of a concern. I okay, would have liked Bullet. Tra- I would have liked Bullet Train more in September, but we can talk about that. But you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Let's talk about DC League of Super Pets. I mean, I don't even know what to compare here because you can't compare the DC movies. There really isn't an animated DC movie to compare it to. This is like so nope. comparable to nothing. I, I have, I, I, the only thing I can even sort of think is maybe like Secret Life of Pets 2, you know, like, you know, which, but I mean, it. you're still, I mean, it's, yeah, which, you know, Secret Life of Pets 2 was what, 430 worldwide and what did it do to domestic, uh, 158 domestic, you know. I think I think Warner Brothers would be very happy with that sort of number. Um, that How would be maybe that? the optimistic one fifty eight domestic. You know, like that would be the optimistic projection projection for sure. Um, oh, you know you what? Know, like maybe Lego Batman. No, I feel like even yeah, that like yeah, a that's higher... actually no, but but that's not actually a bad. That's not a bad maybe maybe thing to to look at comparison wise um you know but but you know we're talking about lego batman only did you know three seventy five just about 312 worldwide but yeah 175 domestic heavyweighted domestic on that so yeah i mean so i think like if you look at those as your comps on the optimistic projection you you could say (laughs) somewhere between 125 and 150 uh, but I think that bat- what, what sucks there for you is you've got a lot of movies that are kind of maybe in that one somewhere between one and one fifty range, you know, when you look at this list. Yeah, it's tough. And, and like you say, it comes, you know, weeks after minions. Yeah. But that's why I also think like going back to your point about pause of fury, I think that what well, that's what, well, that's why pause of fury gets lost in the flow because you're you're between two much bigger franchises and so positive fury is going to get lost and lost in the flow there and i and i truthfully don't even think it's worth talking about anything in august because man from toronto just got sold to netflix and that was one of the only things that that would have been worth talking about um sony a bunch of goddamn cowards selling all their selling all their stuff to netflix um (laughs) Um, okay so so you think DC League of Super Pets is gonna outdo Bullet Train? It seems like. Uh, uh, look, 
you you were talking about nope wanting to vote with your heart. I want Bullet Train to make all of the money. I want Bullet Train to be like that knives out type of surprise where it does very well and and it encourages other studios to to do original things. Um I am concerned. I, I and yeah, looking at it, look, I, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, it's kind of hard to imagine they make that movie for less than eighty million dollars. It just sucks that it's you know over eighty, but but you know, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it it, it 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 yeah, I mean, but I also think like DC League of Super Pets, you have you know, you can cast a wider net with that movie. Like that's the reality of it. Is that's a family movie. That's 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 you're casting a wider net with a PG superhero movie aimed at kids than you yeah. are with a movie that very much appeals to me and, okay, and it's, that you cannot it, take the family to. It doesn't seem like you have any faith in the August releases, but let's just go by them really quick. Universal has Easter Sunday, which I don't, I'm not even sure what that is, but it doesn't seem like it's going to make anything. No idea. Paramount Pictures has secret headquarters scheduled for August 1st. And that, that is, I suspect might get delayed. That has Owen Wilson in it, I think. That's that Owen Wilson comedy. Yeah, I think so. Yes. I haven't heard yeah. anything about this. This is um uh the people that did uh paranormal activity, they did uh, catfish, uh they did viral nerve. Uh, kind of flying under the radar here for sure. Uh, again, I suspect this might get delected. This one might get delayed or this is another one of those ones that I can almost smell a streaming sale to. The question in here is like, do we have any comedies on this list? I feel like the summer usually has one man from Toronto was man from Toronto was an action comedy and it had Kevin Hart and Jason Statham in it. And it seemed so marketable. And yet Sony, you cowards sold it to Netflix. (laughs) And my, my, you know, my only thing, my only thing there is I kind of suspect that maybe it's not very good, uh, which is which is maybe why they sold it to Netflix, because um, that seems to be what happens. Netflix goes dumpster diving. OK, I, I have one I need to bring up to you because Universal and Illumination Entertainment in mid-August is August 12th. So I'll have like three, maybe four weeks at the box office before the cutoff date. I don't know. I'd have to look that up. But this is the Super Mario Brothers movie. That's not Which, till next year. Oh, is that next year? Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's not this year. Wow. We'd have a okay. we'd have a trailer for that by now. That's not. This oh wait, year. uh, Bros. Oh, I'm th- I'm completely thinking this is a different movie. So this is not no, the Super just... Mario Brothers movie. This is the movie from Nicholas Stoller. Uh, from producer Judd Apatow. This is the comedy. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't think this has a chance to make that much money, right? Like even with not not before your weeks. deadline. If if Bros gets good uh, reviews, I like Nicholas Stoller a lot. Um, who are the stars in that again? Uh, the stars Billy Itcher. Itcher. I don't even know who that is. I don't know who that is. Oh, Billy Eichner. Eichner. Okay, sorry. He did like Billy on the street and he was in Parks oh, and Rec and, and yeah, you'd know yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know him. I know him. So, yeah, three weeks. I mean, Judd Apatow is, you know, before COVID, they <laughs> had a decent. Well, and Neighbors, and you got to keep in mind Nicholas Stoller with Neighbors. Like, Neighbors and Neighbors 2 made a lot of money. 
Um, but like, but yeah, I don't think bros has enough chance to make enough money before you're cut off. Like, I, I think that could be like a movie that does okay, but like, but I just, before your cutoff point, there's no way. Okay. That's tough. Okay. So, uh, just, I know we've gone long on this, but so, so for my list, what I have is Jurassic world at number one. I think, I think you've convinced me of that. It actually it didn't need much convincing. Once we saw the numbers, I had not looked at the numbers. I was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Doctor Strange number two. Although I, I honestly, I could see that going either way. I could honestly see Doctor Strange being a huge like No Way Home hit. I a hundred percent could see it going either way, but and again, I'm thinking globally. I still think Jurassic World takes the cake, but I, either of those. Yeah. You know, man, Mar- when Marvel does it right, you know, that's one of those things where it's like, it's hard to, it, the, the ceiling is high. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll so by see. the way, this isn't going to be my list that I read next week. I'm, I'm just saying what I have right now before I, I do more research and stuff. Uh, Thor number three. So right now, Thor is not going to beat Doctor Strange. I think that's probably right. Coming off that's, of No that's, Way that's, Home. I'd put yeah. a good amount of money on that. Uh, then Lightyear on top of Minions, The Rise of Gru. I'm not sure about that. <gasps> That's not, I, now that when you say that out loud, I'm like, that doesn't sound right. Well, I think we, we both agreed that both of those movies were going to do 250 to 300 million. <laughs> yeah, I think the problem, but I do think <laughs> now that I hear that out loud, something tells me Minions is going to do better than like, but I don't know. This is Pixar. Oh man, that's tough. Yeah, oh, I don't know. Tough. Uh, I don't envy you in that one. So, and then after that, Top Gun, which I think I'm going to put Top Gun this low, and I think people are going to like, I might even put it lower, and people are going to like be up in arms of like, no, are you serious? I, that, seems, that seems good for Top Gun to me. That seems right to me. Uh, followed by Nope and DC League of Super Pets and Bullet Train. That I mean, that all seems about right, right? Bullet Train is the one that I'm a little concerned about, but but yeah, I mean that seems close to right. Okay, so here's the question. That is <laughs> that is nine that is nine movies. I need ten on my top ten, and then I need three dark horses. And I think we narrowed down the dark horses to five movies. Bob's burgers. Something tells down- me black phone. Something tells me Black Phone could make more money than than Bullet Train if Bullet Train goes south and Black Phone goes right. Well, okay, here's here's the other movies: Downton Abbey, Black Phone, like you said, Firestarter, and Elvis. Could Elvis be Black that Phone? I'd 10? slide. I'd slide. I'd slide Black Phone in a ten. Then you think Black Phone over Elvis? Mm. oh god elvis i don't know elvis the middle america like you said like you're right yeah i'd I'd throw elvis in there and i'd actually now that you say it i'd throw elvis over bullet train i'd go elvis then bullet train because elvis Mm. also has more time Mm. i'm not sure if elvis can (laughs) i I go elvis no because just no just because elvis i think has that thing where it could make money week to week to week where bullet train i don't know if it has that yeah. Okay. Here's the the last question. I think we're throwing Pause of Fury out of the equation. Pause of Fury is absolutely out. Yeah. It's, uh, it's out. 
So my dark horses are down to Bob's Burgers, Downton Abbey, Black Phone, and Firestarter. I need to kill off one of those. Kill off Firestarter because it's going to Peacock same day. Yeah, I think I think that's probably the right. D- the day and date kills you. Yeah. Okay, I think I'm going to... Yeah, I think I'm going to go through these and maybe do some rearranging. But, but Ryan, I think you have helped me get a better sense of what to expect and uh you've helped me do my research for the for the podcast next week so thank you and you know it'd be fun like uh once this gets going maybe you could uh create an account on uh summer movie wager and actually put your your uh thing just to see how well you do up against all the amount of people i've had to ask me about this Okay. Like they're like, are you doing it? Are you doing it? And I'm like, I don't know. Like I just, I'd never done it before. But I'm like, this is the question I keep getting asked. Oh, you gave me? I didn't even know that. Uh, I, just, I wonder if we should do a slash film version. But I feel like now I have talked to you. Well, my list is going to be different than this. It's not going to be this. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Maybe, maybe we'll do a slash film version of this on the podcast. I mean, uh, uh, next week or so we'll see we'll we'll see how things uh shake up but uh but i definitely want you to to commit to a a list to see how well uh ends up doing by the way this is a complete crap like this this whole game is a complete like the rules are so arbitrary and make no sense that like i feel like the person that like had the best like prediction usually loses out because they had like one like you know they got the 10th movie wrong and you get an extra three points and you know it's like all that kind of stuff so it's it funny. does seem a little looking over the rules it does seem a little crooked <laughs> like i'm just more interested in, i'm just look i'm just more interested in being right you know what i mean like that's my thing like if we're really getting down to it i'm more interested in being correct dude it's 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 bullet train and below that that i really have no idea what is going on but yeah i don't even have any idea with bullet train that's been like the biggest question mark for me yeah like i want that movie to do well i'm rooting for that movie so hard but i just genuinely don't know well okay you can find more of all of our work at slashfilm.com if you want to participate in the summer movie wager i don't think you can go to the website right now and sign up but it's the summer which is not related to slash home in any way any uh at, the, at this point uh so if you go over there that's a its own website uh and you find this podcast on apple google overcast spotify all the popular podcast apps please feel free to send your feedback questions comments concerns to us at peter at social.com and please rate and read this podcast on apple Podcasts. tell your friends spread the word and we'll see you on monday i can't find that stop button This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.